Hey, it's Carlin here. Just want to let you know this episode is a little more raw. I did go through and clean it up a bit, but Greg and I quickly tossed it together after reading through all the various announcements about AOS 3 and so on. So because of that, and didn't spend too much time in editing. So we hope you enjoy it, and don't hate on it too much if there's a lot of mmms and ahs to it. Alright, have a great day and enjoy the show. Welcome, Realm Walkers. I'm going to be your host today. My name is Carlin, and I'm joined by my co-host, Gregory. That's who I am. And uh, for everybody who's tuning in, today's a special episode, because normally we don't talk about the the rules. We put it down, this isn't a rules podcast, but to hell with that today. Carlin, tell them what we're talking about. Well, yeah, to hell with that, because um, AOS 3 was announced, and... By golly, we have some wish lists that we want to talk about in regards to what we think about the rules, what we want in the game. And yeah, we want to talk about that and discuss the awesome looking models that they have uh, showed us for AOS 3. Like, Rig, I'm excited for this. I can't wait to play it. And hopefully when, when it releases, we're allowed to all get together and play together. <laughs> hopefully, geez. Uh, but yeah, so today we're doing we're doing our wish list, our top 10 wish list for age of sigmar 3.0 now me and carlin haven't told each other what our wish list is we're going to see if we have any crossovers we're going to do them one at a time sort of talk about what our what we what we'd want uh in the new edition now greg do you think we're going to have any crossovers uh i think we might although we kind of said don't like certain topics we were going to bring up so there's a good chance uh we may not have a few crossover but i think we'll have at least one but we will see i'm gonna bet two all right all right well why don't you give the first one then all right perfect uh so this on my wish list is based on the supposedly leak rules and such or like little aspects of the rules um and this is charge reactions um i think they will make the game more dynamic and interesting so charge reactions way how the leak is is basically that when your opponent charges at you, you can spend a command point to do a couple of things. You can stand your ground, which basically adds to your save rolls. You could retreat, adding D6 to retreat, hopefully getting out of combat. Or you can stand and shoot, where essentially you get negative one to shooting, but you can fire at all the people charging at you. And I think this will be super dynamic and super interesting, especially with the uh, aspect of how they mentioned command points are going to be changing. And it sounds like the second player will be getting a lot more command points. Therefore, the charge reactions, like, if, oh, no, you got double turned against. Guess what? You have all these reactions you can do against your opponent. So I think these things are going to lead to an interesting balance. I think that's going to be also really interesting with the way, specifically the one that I think about is the uh, the potential to get out of combat, the D6 movement. Now, I wonder if that's going to just be you, you roll a D6 and they have to add that to their charge roll, or you roll a D6 and then you get to do a move before they do. And I would like it to be the latter because the latter you could do some really tricky stuff with that in the move in the in the movement phase and really make your opponents think about wanting to charge you, potentially getting to move your guys either like closer to objectives, away from objectives, into cover, things like that. Yep, a hundred percent. I did like the leak where it's a it's a minus one to hit on shooting because mm -hmm. uh, especially in Age of Sigmar, like in 40k, we have you have Overwatch, and 
models you only hit on a six, but because models have so many shots, it's usually you get a couple wounds off. But in Age of Sigmar, where most models don't have that same kind of range, the extra, the minus one will be a little bit better than just only on sixes. Yeah, 100%. Perfect. Uh, Greg, you tell me your first uh, one. All right. So now remember, this is this is a wish list for 3.0. So some of these are more about what I would like to see from the game during the 3.0 period. And the, some of these are wish lists. Remember, it's a wish list. So my first wish is, can we get codexes in a decent and timely fashion? And I know it's Games Workshop. This is not going to happen. But there's definitely a lot of uh, armies that I think really, really need a, a, a good uh, a good uh, kiss right now. Uh, Sylvaneth, um, uh-huh. Nurgle, uh, Stormcast uh-huh. as well. Uh, they all definitely need a little bit of help. Um, and I really, and this is just some gripes from, from 40k and the, the armies that are coming out, the new codexes, the power creep is real and it is making the older armies not work as well. And considering we're likely going to have a bunch of, of models or armies that won't work as well in the new edition, I'm hoping that they get these codexes out quickly or at the very least, please give us a roadmap. But like I said, it's a wish list, so. Yeah, well, uh, to add, I have something that I will add at the very end of this. It's not quite uh, an overlap per se, but it does kind of intertwine to that. So we'll talk that. It's like a bonus one I have on here. All right, all right. Because I'm special, I get bonuses. Hmm. Well, that was mine. So what's your next one then? All right. So for me, actually talking about the whole shooting thing. Um, I personally want there to be a little bit of a nerf to shooting slash make melee interesting. Uh, and this might actually happen based on back to 40K, the table, the recommended table size shrunk down a bit. Right. Now, it doesn't mean you can't use the classic six by four, but still um, the fact that they did shrink down to recommended size, when you play that melee armies uh, actually have quite a bit of a boom because it doesn't take as long to get in. Yeah, they, so they, that, they, it's easier to get across the table now. 100%. But like some shooting armies, like uh, uh, Skaven, Scryerless, oh, yeah. Caradron Overlords, they can really decimate the battlefield. Like Caradron Overlords, like, haha, I'm going to fire you. I'm going to take this guy, land, and fire you again. Whatever. Like, it's insane just how much they can get off. So oh, I yeah, want the and... shooting to be taken down a bit just because I do find melee more interesting. And in the grand scheme of things, like, I don't know, it's just a whole bunch of feel bad when you can't even get to your opponent. Yeah, no, especially with, like, the slower armies. Like, they they really need that smaller table size. And especially with, uh, and we're not going to get too into it, but we have some differing opinions on the two-turn. Even if they're, they're giving buffs to the second player, if you're a, a heavy melee army going up against a, a really heavy shooting army, if you get the second turn, it hurts. Like... Mm-hmm. I, I never show up to the table without three warp lightning cannons and assuming I don't blow myself up, which, which happens regularly. It really sucks to be on the receiving end of that. Um, and, and it takes a lot to get in on those cannons. So shrinking down the board size to give melee a little bit of a better chance. Um, really helpful. I would say um, I actually would just say like, it's not on my list, but shrinking the board sides would be actually a wish list now that I think about it. Yeah, and I think it's going to happen because it doesn't make sense for them to have different recommended table sizes between the two games. Because yeah. at events, like if you're running a 
Warhammer 40k event and then going to an AOS event, you don't want to suddenly switch up everything. It's easier to keep it all consistent. And, and you know what? And another thing I'll say is uh, another reason I'd love to see that board size shrink a little bit is Age of Sigmar, you bring just a little bit less than you do in 40k. You, your armies 100%. are a little bit smaller. And uh, one thing that kind of sucks is when you like see a 40k table, like even at that, even at the old size, they're usually filled. But like you see an Age of Sigmar table, there's a lot of dead space on there um, where there's just not... more elite armies. Yeah, uh, more elite armies, even the like horde armies, there's just a lot of dead space on the table. And shrinking that table down a little bit would just make the battlefield look a little bit more dynamic. 100%. So I guess that's a bonus one we'd probably both be putting down is a bonus uh, bonus wish, shrink the table size a little bit. <laughs> All right. Well, Greg, take me to your second. All right. What is my second? Uh, oh, yeah. Okay. Now, remember, I, I, I actually haven't read the leak, so I don't know if some of these are leaked. I think I might have heard something about this, but I would like secondary objectives more similar to what they did in ninth edition for 40K. Um, Age of Sigmar <laughs> has... Uh, the games are a little like flat unless you get a really interesting mat like like setup. And Age of Sigmar has some really interesting like game modes, but I like the way the secondary objectives work in 40k. They let you sort of build an army already going in with well, you don't know what the objective is gonna be, but you're like, I know what I'm gonna do. I know how I can get points before I even show up to the table. And that definitely helps a little bit for balancing now obviously there's issues with the secondary objectives in 40k like some armies don't quite work with them but they've seen how that works now and i hope that when they do age of sigmar if they could do something similar because it'd be nice to know like i don't know what game mode i'm going to play i don't know if if a huge amount of mobility is going to be required i don't know if like castling down with my guys is going to be required but i do know i can sort of pre-plan objectives and pre-build my army with some sort of guaranteed points in mind um so that's sort of my secondary point, I think would be very nice to see on the table. Yeah, absolutely. We'll uh, talk more about that later. Oh, okay. Was that one of yours? Maybe. Well, you're supposed to tell me if I got one of yours. Well, I figured <laughs> I'd tell you when I get to it. <laughs> All right. So then, okay, that's how we're doing this. All mm -hmm. right. Then what's your, uh, what's your, uh, is it your number two now? Number three. Number three. All right. Your number three. All right, so this isn't quite a rule one, um, but I want them to make a point of refreshing old fine cast models. Like we're seeing with the Croak model, the new one looks glorious. The old one fine cast looked fine, but it was fine cast, so therefore it's terrible because it's in the sun too long, it'll melt. If you look at it the wrong way, it'd snap. It's terrible. If it, if it fell off the table, it would destroy your floor and go through to the center of the earth due to sheer mass. Well, that's if it was pewter. <laughs> oh wait, okay, sorry. It's it's um it's the resin one. I, I usually yeah, fine. Cast. I always thought fine cast always meant metal. Am I just wrong on no. that? Fine cast is the specialized resin that they made so that oh. it worked in the metal molds. Oh, was terrible. All right, well there you go, everybody. I did know. I thought that fine cast meant metal. Oh yeah, fine cast is just a specialized resin. Like the whole idea, they were trying to save on the mold costs. So when they switch over to that, they're like, haha, we can make this. So it still works in our metal molds. Okay. I mean, but once sense. again, the problem it was terrible. Yes. So I want them to refresh it. Like at this point in time, really, we shouldn't have fine cast models anymore because in grand scheme of things, their plastic detail is spectacular. And yeah, like we don't need that. Like if it's good quality resin, like I'm going to say Forge will quote unquote 
their resin quality is good. Their molds are not necessarily the greatest, but if you go to other companies, they are amazing resin molds. So like if they were to do that, great, but they're switching to plastic. And honestly, GW plastic is amazing. Like it, it easily matches uh, resin for detail now. So no more excuse for fine gas. Let's just get rid of it all and get plastic kits for everything like Croc scores. Uh, we already know Croak is coming. We want slands. Uh, I know there's quite a few uh, fine cast Skaven models. I want a new branch, which for a uh, branch wraith type of conversion that I use, but it'd be nice to actually have a proper one. Yeah, no, absolutely. Just get it all out of there. Just get rid of it. Nobody can use it anymore. Kill them. 100%. All right. Take me your number three. My number three. Uh, okay. I would like to see better screening. I do not particularly like the, the screening in um, Age of Sigmar. The minus one to hit is just not good enough. Um, if you are facing an army with heavy shooting, uh, your, 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 your leader is going to get blown right the fuck off the battlefield, and you're screwed. Um, okay, do you I, have any suggestions? Because I personally hate the way how it is in 40k, because it's like, oh, I can't shoot that, but I want to shoot that. But now that group that eh, I want that's in front of the guy I want to shoot at, they're in combat, so I can't shoot at anything. I hate it. It's terrible. So... I just I I, I I don't exactly know how to do it. I personally like the way it is in 40k. Um, Fair enough. I think that uh, your 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 HQ choices, especially in Age of Sigmar, bring some of the most important buffs to your army, and like the fact that they can be targeted, especially with things like mortal wounds and whatnot, where that minus one save doesn't even matter. Like again, using my warp lightning ca cannons, that minus one doesn't mean anything. And the first thing I do every game is just point them at the biggest, most important unit on my opponent's side and blast it off the fucking field because my things have a range of here to the parking lot and there's nothing you can do about it and it just sucks. Um, and I would, I just, with those units being so important to the army, especially with the fact that these army sizes are smaller. I just want to be able to screen my important units a little bit better. Okay. Um, it doesn't necessarily have to be the same as 40k per se, but just like more than this little minus one, which is just not enough, I feel. Yeah, maybe it'll make it like that has to be sixes or something. Um, yeah, something like that. Like I, that would actually be totally fine where it's like you, if you shoot it it has to be a six like that's great you can get some mortal wounds off or whatever but like yeah. just just something better i don't i don't i don't particularly feel like it's enough uh, especially with the importance of those units in, in in this in this game mode fair enough all right um that takes me to number four this is a personal one uh based on some stuff they've done with some of their alternate games but I want a line of Kurnothi for Sylvan. Bring a Kurnoth model, make the Kurnothi like from Beast Grave and the one hero we got in Curse City. I want a full line of that to be added to Sylvaneth because they look great. I like the whole Beast Elf line. I think with how the stories progress and everything, it makes sense for Sylvaneth to have elves on their uh, fields now. Yeah, so yeah. bring that in. I want it in because um, they look badass. I love the Beast Elves and it would add a nice, interesting dynamic model thing. Plus, I do feel like the Sylvanath range is a little lax. Fully yeah. not saying that because I'm a Sylvanath fanboy, but, you know, that's just a personal wish list of mine. No, that's fine. I mean, this is your personal wish list. Mm -hmm. uh, you can wish for whatever you want. And The Karnathi are, which ones again? They're the... Um... So in Beast Grave, they're like the beastie elves and such. In Curse City, oh. it's the wood elf looking 
lady. Yeah. Lady okay. Is. Well, I guess because here's the thing. So my my four is is very similar, mm-hmm. and it's um it's bulk outlines with very few models. Okay. Um, want to count that as a crossover then, or? Well, yeah, we'll count it as a bit of a crossover. So, okay, Sylvaneth, <laughs> Sylvaneth, Sylvaneth might not be the best example of a, a line a line with a few models, but there is definitely like a bunch of lines that have like no models at all. Um, Sons of Bayamat with four. Sons of Bayamat, but I mean they really only need four. But um, <laughs> right off the bat, uh, Fire Slayers, yeah, Flatter Courts. Um, there's a couple others that I think are there's what other ones do we have anyways but my point is that like I, it really bugs me and especially with the fact that they were, we're getting all these new lines and it's like here's the new vampire line it's like well you had the courts like give them some stuff finish those lines out a bit because if you buy a start collecting box from the flesh eater courts you have literally almost every model in that line depending on how you build that out um I would like to see some of the smaller lines get a little bit more love just bulk them out a bit so that they have more options. Okay. Yep. Perfect. Yep. So that's, that's my four. All right. Number five. Perfect. Uh, make Battle Shock work a little bit more like the leadership tests in 40K. I really like the way how leadership tests work in 40K. I think it's really interesting because um, pretty much you're guaranteed one loss model, but then from there, it's a little test. I like the way how they've done that compared to as it is currently in AOS where like literally if you get hit hard with battle shock stuff, it could be decimating, yeah, which no. can be cool, but I think it needs to be toned down a touch that that said, I also kind of tied into this. I think they need to re-ramp the way how battle shock works because for armies that can get for as many armies that are absolutely decimated by battle shock, there's many armies that as well that go, eh, doesn't really matter because they have so many bonuses to it. With yeah, the exception exactly. of Bone Reapers, I get it's part of their lore, but other armories where Battle Shock never seems to matter, that needs to be fixed because it needs to matter. It just shouldn't be absolutely decimating. Yeah, I agree 100%. Um, I really, really like the, um, the the Battle Shock mechanics in 40k. I would very much like to see that in uh, in, in Age of Sigmar. Because uh, it's it's far more balanced in that respect. Um, elite armies in 40k actually you know feel it occasionally, and then the horde armies like don't wow. just get like oh no they killed one of our guys here goes everybody that we have. Yeah. Period. Um. So yeah, I agree on that one. That that one isn't on my list, but I like that one a lot. Okay. All right. So my number five is. I want to see them get start collecting boxes out for all of the armies. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Again, yeah, like I said, this is just what I would like them to what I'd like to see during the time. I've got more rules ones, but uh, this one is a non-rule specific one. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of armies that don't have to start collecting, and it makes those armies kind of difficult to get into. Um, I'm thinking right off the bat, uh, like Oziark Bone Reapers which is an army that I was interested in playing. And then I saw they didn't have a start collecting. And I said, well, I guess I'm not playing that army. So I'd like to see that. Um, that is a, a, not a rule one, but that is a thing that I would like to see them doing during this time. Yeah, well, it makes it easier to get into the hobby. gives you something exactly. to start off on. And in the grand scheme, like you want to lessen the barrier to entry for new hobbyists. 
Exactly. And yeah, yeah. That's the point of start collecting boxes. Sure, mm-hmm. a lot of people use that as a way to flash out armies and such, which whatever. But in the grand scheme of things, you know, to get more people in the hobby, you need a lower barrier to entry. Which mm-hmm. if you have to start by picking out each box individually, the barrier to entry is often, you know, terrifying. Yes. And I will say that is my last not rule specific one. The rest okay. of them uh, are all rule specific. Okay, perfect. And I think I'm on my last uh, rule specific or non rule specific one as well. With number six, I want GUR based endless spells. Um, so basically, and it kind of ties in as well with this make scenery and endless spells for armies without. But with the original Malign Sorcery pack, we got quite a few spells, a couple from most of the realms. But Shyish has gotten a ton of love with, I think they had Mopal in the first Malign Sorcery and in Forbidden Power because that was all Shyish. I want to see now a box for Gur-based Endless Spells because it sounds like a lot of this stuff is going to be happening in the Realm of Beasts. And it almost sounds like Realm of Beasts and Gairan, so Realm of Life. God, I'd I'd love to to see... see... I'd love to see just big monsters you can summon to the table. Like, that would be fucking cool. Yeah, 100%. And, like, when the Ogres were announced, I was really looking forward to seeing some of their endless spells, but they didn't get any. I was really hoping for, like, a floating slab of meat because I think that would have been hilarious. So, yeah, armies that don't have a single scenery piece or endless spells, make that for it and make a box for, I said, the where we're focused, a Gur box of endless spells and potentially Mm -hmm. a guy around one. I like to see it for all the realms, but it sounds like those are two we're going to be focusing on for this next edition. So, folks, and that give us boxes for each because I'd love to see those spells. Yes. All right. So, my number six is I would like the new edition to allow us more flexibility with army creation. Mm-hmm. Um, I think personally that the way that armies are built they're very like static you get your six heroes you have to bring battle lines and then everything else just kind of fits into like others you get maybe three behemoths but even sort of near the end of the last edition they were like kind of making adjustments for like oh well if a behemoth is your battle line well it doesn't count towards the amount of behemoths you can bring yeah and um there was like armies with that have like really flexible options with with your battle lines but only if you do very specific things and i like that but i just i want more options for building i'd like to see more battle lines that are not traditional per se where it's not like this is the group of dudes with swords um specifically i think of like um flesh eater courts and seraphon how they each have like a battle line that is giant monsters like very elite heavy kind of things um sons of bayamet has these giant monsters their battle lines so like just more flexibility like flexible options maybe more ways to take more characters or categorizing other units into like better slots rather than just this is everything that isn't hqs and battle lines because i don't know i really enjoy the 40k's battalion system where you where it's very dependent and you can get more stuff that you want to bring mm-hmm. but you have restrictions based on that and i'd like to see more of that in age of sigmar rather than just going i guess i'm bringing six heroes only kind of deal you know yeah that kind of goes into what has now been confirmed the core battalions um we, ah, okay i don't know how they work yet um like once they are leaked, we'll find out but it sounds like there's gonna be basic battalions that might almost work the way how the detachments work in 40k we'll see 
Like I do love the balline uh, system that they have and that, but I do get get under or wanting more flexibility. And I've been loving the fact they've been introducing that. Like, hey, if you take this hero, you can take these units of balline, or if you do this, you can do this. But currently, with the way how battalions work in AOS, I find it becomes you see too samey of lists because everyone needs to take these units and these units and these units for that. I want battalions to be a lot more flexible because yeah, exactly. AOS 1, they used to be more flexible where it'd be like, okay, you could take this unit or this unit. You can take one of this unit or no, none of this or whatever. It used to be more yeah. flexible and became less with second edition. I want to go back to flexibility. And and you know what? And the reason that I also like that is there's just, if we're being entirely honest, like some battle lines are really good. Some mm-hmm. kind of suck. And yep. it sucks that you have to dedicate a certain amount of your army to this particular slot. And I, and I don't disagree that like it makes sense from a lore perspective. It's like, well, if you're going to go to the battlefield, why are you not bringing your basic troops? But from a gameplay perspective, I, I want to see more like wild stuff. Yeah, on the battlefield, they've been making great strides with that, uh, giving lots of armies way more choices, but yeah. they can go just a little bit further. I said, keep the battle line, but allow more flexibility in a list creation. Mm-hmm. So, and I think when we see the changes to battalions, we will start seeing more flexible lists, even though, yeah. the, yes, you'll still have to need your three units of battle line. We're going to see a lot more flexibility in things. Yeah, okay, I think. okay. We'll see how it works in the end, but mm-hmm. all right, uh, mine number seven. Make regular scenery rules better. Currently, they're kind of crappy and barely used because right now it's you assign a certain rule for it and it does something. But I find it just one is barely used and two, it's crappy, hard to keep track of because a lot of things don't necessarily make sense. Like I have the scenery dice, which they're kind of cool because you mark everything. But in the end, I have this tree marked as mythical. Why? Like, it doesn't quite work, I think, on both the lore, the battlefield aspect, and narrative of the battle, but also yeah. just in general for easy rule keeping because it's so easy to forget. I found, once again, using ninth edition, I think they did a really good job there. I there are some issues I have it, but in the grand scheme of things, I think they really stepped it up, and I want them to take that and hopefully do it even better with uh, AOS uh, three. Yeah, yeah. Like now, admittedly, I'm a Sylvan player, which means I hate it when the battlefields are overly cluttered. Because unfortunately, this way how they did the trees with the second edition battle dome really kind of fucks over Sylvanas in every single way. <laughs> um, so, um, so I don't like it when the battlefield is overly cluttered. Hopefully, they fix that and make it so cool. You can have a nice, a full battlefield, but you don't like armies that re- are reliant on their scenery, mainly Sylvanas mm-hmm. and no other. Well, Nurgle kind of Sylvanas especially um, that they're still able to play because. I was at a tournament one time and literally I got to a table. It was so busy. I looked at my opponent. I'm like, okay, you win. Didn't even uh, have to play the game. They were like, oh, I'm like, I'm a Sylvan player. And he's like, oh, okay. Well, here, I'm just going to move things off the table. The TA, like a tournament organized TO, sorry, uh, can't comes by and ask what we're doing. I'm making it so you can actually play because this isn't fair. It shouldn't be yeah. this big. No. Um, and you know what? I will say that that does actually kind of cross with my uh, with my nine, because I was saying that um, uh, specific army scenery needs to be adjusted um, mm-hmm. because I think that it is very unbalanced in what it does. And it's very weird that it is just for free. Like it is just a flat buff that some armies have that other armies don't get. Um, but also, and I'm being entirely honest, it feels like a very kind of money grubby 
business practice because it's free so you have to bring it and then they make it really expensive i like when it costs points i don't like there's an option to take it but that also balances it out a lot because like your sylvanith trees are super important but like why the hell do i want to bring the gnaw holes they're only kind of good if they don't get screened out of the game well and i'm going to debate with you there because i hate in 40k that they cost points i would never bring scenery in uh, 40k it doesn't make sense plus the rules and them for them are crappy but why would i pay you points for it because, because maybe they can make it good like make it worth the points make me want to bring it optionally but even if they made it good i almost see never any reason to i like the fact it's free now that said i do think they need to make sure that every army gets their scenery piece that they can use um in the end like knot holes i think they're really cool i like the way how they've done it do you think they need to adjust the placement rules a bit for them like in general for scenery not just the wild woods but in the grand scheme of things um if they honestly switch to causing points i would make it a home rule that they don't cost points at my own place because <laughs> i uh, hate that so much no 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 i they gotta co- I, I just like i get it like it's it's great but like why would you take it well why don't they make them good like why don't they make them worth taking for points like make the the buff that you get for them for a static piece of terrain good enough to take it the fact that people don't take them, I don't see that as a failure of, of scenery as an option. I see that as a failure of the game design to make the scenery worth taking. If yeah. they're going to be static pieces on the battlefield, they should be taking that into account for their points, and they should be worth taking, mm-hmm. considering that. I just know, once again, I'm going to use Sylvan example. If I had to pay for my trees, um, well, frankly, a Sylvan player, they can barely play as is. They wouldn't yeah. be able to play at all. I might have like if it's a good game where I'm able to get a lot of trees out I'd be looking at like six trees on the battlefield do I need pay points for them all that'd be bullshit but the point is that it, let's say you're you're playing your Sylvanith and do you have to pay for points for what's there right now no but then they fix them so that they're worth taking um well that's the thing the trees are absolutely worth taking it's just the placement rules yeah. for them are shitty yeah but I mean, if you're also... on a busy battlefield you can't summon them yeah but it's just things like um, the tr- like the trees for Nurgle. Mm-hmm. Like, one, I don't even know how many of those I'm allowed to... Like, I'm, I'm not clear on how many I'm allowed to bring in the first place. You get one, but you have uh, capability yeah, of something a, more. Yeah, but it's just like... I don't know. I just... I don't like that they... That something that core to the army doesn't cost points. Maybe, maybe I'm... Again, that, that's me. I don't like it. Um, I don't like feeling like I have to spend money on a thing that I don't exactly want to use because, like, I feel like I'm just not bringing something to the table. Sure. That doesn't, actually, that doesn't feel good as a player, personally. Fair enough. I kind of get that. But on a financial business note, me coming from an accounting perspective here, accounting business, um, essentially, like, in the end, right now, like, them being free in AOS, yay, GW, you're making money off that. And in the yeah. end, great. Um, because in 40k, the scenery pieces don't sell all that well because people have to pay points for them. And it yeah, doesn't but again, quite if they make made sense. them worth it. That's the problem. It's not that they're, it's not that like people don't want to bring them. It's that the scenery's bad. Like all of the scenery is garbage mm-hmm. compared to just bringing more guys. Like, but then we run into the issue of a little threshold here. How like how good did they make them before they start charging points for them? And I think then we get into some really unbalanced areas. I think 
if they provided every uh, army with a scenery piece with their own unique buffs and everything, I think then we find a new form of balance. Sure, it may different uh, armies will get different buffs or whatever from them, but we'll see everyone get something out of it compared to if we start making them OP to cost points. And I don't know, I think that would almost be more of a feel back. Well, uh, like again, I just I think this is going to definitely be one where we have to agree to disagree on this one. Yeah. 100 percent because otherwise we're gonna be debating for the next 20 minutes. <laughs> and again, we're, we we don't know what we don't know what Game Workshop is gonna do. They're, they're, they'll no. do something and we'll we'll live through it. But so yeah, uh, so that's my number seven. Just make regular scenery, so not the army specific yeah. scenery, regular scenery. Was, yep. And that was my number nine. So <laughs> okay. All right, so Perfect. I'll go to my number seven. So I think now we need I need to be clear about what I mean here. So I said I want battalions to be reworked. Now we know, like you said earlier, they're reworking the core battalions. I, well, they're not... adding in. It's something that doesn't exist currently. Yeah. So what I what I assume that's going to be is like ways to build your army. When I say I want them to rework battalions, what I mean is in the books, we currently have like our battalion system that you can take, which are the like, take this unit of this or uh, best example I can think of right off the top of my head is the thricefold befoulement from Nurgle in which you to take three greater unclean ones. And I think you have to have the one named character uh, within uh, as well. Oh, Thricefold Befal. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you just need three great and clean ones. You can take Rodigus as one of them. Yes. Now, I don't know if these are going to make it into 3.0. Mm-hmm. I would like them to, maybe not under the phrase battalion anymore if it's getting changed, because I... I want them to change how they work because I think very strongly with the way that they work in the book right now, they're very rarely taken because they cost points and restrict your army building. And I think that they should be free if you're going to be building your army around it. The cost of those things should be in the models, not in uh, not in models and then also in points. Or depending on how they refresh the command point system, make it do kind of like in 40k where it costs you points to take them. Exactly. I just yeah. think I know that some people, like people do take them, and I shouldn't say that nobody takes them because that's that's not true. I know that they are taken, but I, I, I know personally I very rarely ever take them because the buffs are usually not good or it's so restrictive that like I don't nearly have enough like models. And also they're just so restrictive. It sucks. It's yeah. ridiculous. Like, um, like all of the ones for the Skaven are are so hard to build that they take like almost five hundred to seven hundred points per, um, and like they don't make sense. One of them is uh, like the Skyer one. You need to have tons of storm vermin to make it work, or storm fiends to make it work. So it's just they're not good. Yeah. Um, like I agree with you for the most part. I do use them a lot because. I want the command points from them. I want the artifacts you gain from them. But uh, they are crapping rules because as a Sylvan player, like the other reason why I take it is because I'm trying to lower my drafts as much as possible because I want to hopefully be the first one to place on battlefield. Because as Sylvan player, I want going back to the trees, I want to be able to start summon them. But if my opponent goes first and they're able to start scattering their units by, by summoning my trees. Yeah. <laughs> with the current uh, placement rules for them. So it... Yeah, I agree for the most part. Like, it, it definitely needs a rework of how they work. Um, yeah. They, once again, who knows how these core battalions are going to work, how they'll flesh it out. The rumor is that the way how battalions are currently, that's going to go to narrative play only. 
That's the rumor, not confirmed. Okay. And then the All new right. core battalions and the new battalion structures that'll be introduced in later books um, will replace that. Oh, yeah, I, I we'll think see what actually happens. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'd be. Uh, I think I'd be fine with that moving to just narrative play. Mm-hmm. Which, right, in so... the end, narrative play, I think, is where it's at. So, yeah, like there's something to be said about match play, but I found that I really enjoy narrative play more and more and more. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, All right, now we are at uh, number eight. You're at eight now. Yep. All right, so make more books or Warhammer community uh, downloads with alternate battle rules. For example, using Wrath of the Everchosen here with their wandering monsters or wandering endless spell rules or their siege rules. I love having alternate uh, game rules like that. Once again, I love narrative play. Having mm-hmm. those makes the battle feel really interesting because oh, there might be this uh, walking around Saigor or this endless spell that's wild and will attack anyone. I like that. I think it makes Val more dynamic and interesting because not only are you battling each other, you're also trying to keep in mind the wilds. Yeah. Well, I um, mean, you might get your wish there because I know that they were saying that they're they're revamping narrative play. Um, yeah, which I really hope that does happen because it makes the game super dynamic and interesting. That's mm-hmm. what I want. I want to have fun, interesting games. Sure, rules ball could be a thing, but I think for narrative play, when you're going to that, you want something really interesting, super fun that you can tell stories of. Be like, oh man, that battle is going so good. Then all of a sudden, with the rules of the Saigor, it started attacking you from behind it and you're able to get it flip around. Mm-hmm. Like, all that would be super interesting. And I want that to happen. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I'd like, and, and that's the thing. I'm really excited to see how the narrative play turns out. I wish that we, you know, once once this, this, this whole pandemic settled down, and we're all starting to get our vaccines now. So hopefully sooner rather than later. <laughs> um maybe like i want to do tabletop like i wanted to do tabletop um narrative play mm-hmm. um but you know we haven't had that chance but hopefully by the time we're ready for tabletop narrative play um what sort of look for when we're ready for tabletop narrative play um those new rules will be out so that was my number eight so greg tell me yours uh, all right, so my number eight is uh, okay. So this one is a little bit, um, a little bit wide-reaching, but I think it's it's this is just personal. I'd like to see the game adjusted a little bit. Right now, the game feels very mortal wound heavy and like feel no pain heavy. Mm-hmm. Like almost every single army, like That's the best, bad, yeah, the <laughs> best armies right now have the best ways to deal mortal wounds and the best ways to provide feel no pains. Um, <laughs> I think that those rules are kind of overused a little bit. Um, and I'd like to see that toned down a little bit for this new edition because base like, I almost never use attacks that don't deal mortal wounds on a lot of my armies. Yeah. Um, I'd like, like to I... see more just more regular wounds personally. Yeah. I like the... Um... Like for, I'm um, going to use Sylvanath here, Kurnoth Hunter, the sword Kurnoth Hunters, when you're rolling uh, attacks, if you roll sixes on your attack rolls, you do more wound. I like having that on the six because it makes that six feel awesome. Yes. But it, there are those units that literally all they do is mortal wounds and nothing else. And I agree with you. It does need to be toned down a touch. Yeah, because it's just, it, it's just too much. Mm-hmm. Like, what's the point? What's the point of having saves half the time if we're never hitting with saves? Yeah. And I can't. I'm really sounding like a bitter Sylvan player, trying not to be, but like I'm just using an example because they're a great army example of this. There's a few artifacts and such otherwise, but generally across the board, they don't have 
wound or mortal wound save, like um, funeral pain saves. They don't have anything like that. Uh, yeah. And it's funny because Alariel, 600 points. She is a god. She doesn't have that. Now I'm hoping that changes with her new war scroll that's been announced. But in the grand scheme of things, she's a god. She is a fucking god. She should be able to ward off them. There's a reason why, um, like, if you ever listen to Honest Wargamer, they say that Lariel should be free because she's a big, huge target and she most of the time dies turn one because even though she's a god, she's 600 points, she's got nothing. She is literally paper. Yep, exactly. And I know that um, Bryce has issues with his uh, with the Celestin Prime having exactly the same issue. There's mm-hmm. nothing to stop him from just getting blown off the board except just hanging out in his ear for the entire fucking game. Yeah, like luckily he's only what 300 something points, but still yeah. it hurts. It really hurts, no. especially like if it's a god or a big huge epic unit like that. It hurts. Yeah, who would win one entire ga- like god or a bunch of dudes hanging out by a banner? Yeah. <laughs> like- <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so like that's that's my number eight. It's just I'd like to see the game a little bit less more wound dependent and maybe maybe just give normal things more attacks. Yeah. Like I like rolling lots of dice and lots of dice is good. Give more something attack. satisfying when you have like 40 dice in your hands and you just chuck them. <laughs> yeah, and like 40 dice are gonna deal probably the same amount as five mortal wounds. So axe of mortal wounds give more regular attacks and let's just do it. Let's just make it happen. And let's feel no pains. Like the armies that have that should have it, but not every single freaking army needs a feel no pain because I'm standing next to my general or something. Like, mm-hmm. ugh. Yeah, they definitely need to rework it. I'm hoping they tone it down. They, especially like some armies, uh, Sans Bayamat, they like they're big, huge, heavy wound armies, but unfortunately they go down pretty quickly, even though they're what 30 something wounds. Yeah. Because exactly. they don't have a feel no pain. So once again, going to a whole, some armies. Some armies don't have it. The other armies that have that and on mortal wounds, like, ha, 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 you're a big giant gargant. And it's also hilarious that these big giant gargants do, like, two damage. It's like, hmm, my Gertrude does six with his sword. That giant massive club should do something like that. you think these yeah, be exactly. sweeping three units, but they don't. Yeah, exactly, 100%. Mm-hmm. All right, so that was my number six. So what, or nine, number eight, what's your number nine? All right, so this is a crossover here. Uh, so I believe that's the third one. Uh, make secondaries more like ninth. Um, so I want personal secondaries, just like they have a knife and missions have a secondary objective with them. Okay. So yeah, there's a crossover. That's our second. Yeah, Cause in the end, um, it makes the battles more interesting when there's multiple things you're doing. Cause if you just have the one mission. Okay, great. But everyone's fighting, but it's like, okay, the opponent has that main mission, but I have all these secondaries that can go. And I also think it's really interesting if the opponent doesn't necessarily know what your secondary is. I know in ninth, you have to reveal it. I kind of like the idea of keeping it secret and then revealing it when you succeed in it. I think the reason that they have to reveal it is to stop like cheating. Yeah, and I get that. But there, the risk of cheating is always there if you don't know the person. It's yeah. kind of you have to go to the gamer code of things. But I do get that. I just, it's I like this. It's easier to cheat with information that's hidden. Yeah. Um, I like to try my best to trust my opponent. Yeah, exactly. But uh, I I don't, I don't for games like this. Sorry. Like if it's my friend, sure. But this is the kind of thing that, that make people cheat. It's a game. It takes a lot of time to play. It's a lot of money investment. Um, People are going to cheat to win. So. Which I think is hilarious. Cause in sure tournament play, I get the appeal, maybe a little bit more trying to cheat, but in regular play, what's the point? 
it's a game. In the end, you get nothing out of it. Yeah. So, but I mean, I guess the way I could say it is, uh, I think the best solution to that is, if you want to keep it secret, do that as a house rule. Okay. Otherwise, I think for the for the sake of of strict constructed play, you need to make it uh, fucking just. You have to tell me what you what you're doing. Yeah. Um, uh, I did it also like... stops a little bit of the gotcha hammer, which I hate. Yeah. Um, I did like how they introduced secondaries with GHB uh, 2020, but it wasn't enough because they're just tiebreakers. I already have it as a house rule that each of them count as points instead because how often does a tie actually happen? So I yeah. want them to actually count for something. Exactly. Mm-hmm. All right, so that's my number nine. Well, you already heard my number nine earlier, which was the adjustment to terrain. So we have two crossovers. Yep. So let's go back to your 10 then, since you've already heard my nine. Yeah, uh, number 10. Kind of goes with the whole restructuring the game and the activation wars. Uh, I get to attack first if I roll a four or more, or you get to attack last or whatever. One, it bogs down the game. Two, it can make things really confusing. Like, generally speaking, if like an opponent hits me with, I can attack first, but then I do my tree lord stops, like, no, that unit attack last. It is. It, it can make things a little jumbled, a little mm-hmm. off. I, I, I just want those activation wars to end. Because in the grand scheme of things, it just bogs down a game and makes things a little... Uh, and I feel that more than anything else in a game, more than the double turn, more than anything else, is a feel-bad thing. I, I just hate it. Um, like I don't mind it in minor, tweaky things, but in the grand scheme of things, I think the only way to truly deal with it is just to get rid of it. Because I remember when Slanesh had their whole, my whole army attacks first, and they were destroying tables because it, it just was way too much. Yeah. And unfortunately, no. I just I think it's... It needs to be toned down. It, it seems like they're slowly getting rid of it, or not getting rid of it, but the newer armies don't have it as much, with the exception of Lumith. Though there's definitely attack versus we get an attack with two units in time, which I'm okay with that because you have to spend their little crystal thing. But yeah, in the grand scheme of things, I just I hate that rule. I, I want it to go away. I'm fine with a little bit of it, um, personally. Like if you spend like an artifact or something like that. To make somebody mm-hmm. go last, I love that kind of. Or if you spend like, a command point, if it's balanced yeah. like that, but like going back to my tree lords, I don't have to spend a command point. It's just something I do. Yeah, exactly. Um, none of my armies have anything like that. Uh, I guess no, I do. Um, because and Bryce, it feels bad. Uh, with the uh, I think it's the my flesh eater courts has the uh, you can attack a second time mechanic, mm-hmm. um, where they kind of do their blood frenzy. And it sure sucks if my dragon attacks you with all of its attacks and then proceeds to attack you with all of its attacks again. Yeah, if there's an attack first, it definitely shouldn't be able to combine with I get to attack again. That is fucking stupid. Yeah, exactly. I've, I've, I've wiped whole units yeah. with that. Like, with Nighthaunt, I kind of like it because you need a 10 on your charge to attack in the charge phase and you get to attack again. That's okay because it's a really low chance because you need an unmodified 10. Yeah. But... If it's just in general ability that you can just do all the time, that's where. Well, no, it's, it's not all the that... time. It's 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 once per turn. It's command ability. Okay, it's like their still. army wide command, but but still, it's it's a lot. Uh, I agree. Mm-hmm. I think so. Uh, that, yeah, that... it just it needs some reworking if it's going to stay. Yeah, I think so. Um, and then that'll go into my last ten. Now, unfortunately, mm-hmm. we don't have those same last ten, so we only got two. My final ten is I want them to fix fucking allies. Allies mm-hmm. are so stupid right now. And it really kind of makes the game kind of suck. As far as I'm concerned, within your grand alliance, you should be allowed to just faction with whatever. I don't. I know that that Nurgle and Zinch don't get along all that much. 
and Corn and Z don't get along all that much. But you know what? It's a narr- like it's our game. We get to make up the reasons. They do fight beside each other on occasion. They don't have to like each other to take up arms with each other. I I know that the that the Oroks might not always hang out with the Gloom Spite Yits, but you know what? That's for us to find out as players to decide the narrative of why our war is happening. You know, why is are the Seraphon and the Stormcast fighting this time? Why yeah. is Nurgle and Slanesh fighting together? Be, we can come up with that reason, but it really is so, it's so annoying where it's like you go to some armies and it's like, yeah, this can ally with everybody. And then you like open the Skaven book and it's like, Skaven can ally with Nurgle only if they're Pestilins. Yeah. And like, yeah. or Korn's like, like Korn will like never ally with Zinch and then doesn't ally with anything else anyways. So you have to take like fucking Slaves to Darkness and kind of bring, so it just, it gets, it's, it's stupid. Let yeah. it be within your alliance. Um. Yeah, I'll add a little bit to that. Like, I kind of get what they're trying to do because in the in the end, even if match play, AOS is a very narrative-driven game, and so what they're doing is trying to match narrative with that. Okay, I get that, but there are some weird combinations where uh, Seraphon they can ally in Sylvan, but Sylvan cannot ally in Seraphon. Like, what the heck? Yes, exactly. That's stupid. Um, and, and again, it's like it's narrative. We can make the narrative. Like we come up with the reason. And if you want to keep something like that. Like I have a suggestion. It might be a little wonky. It's either you can do open up the floodgates and then make it so that way you get negatives to it, like they do in uh, 40k, where if you're just purely your faction, great. If you're not, then whatever. Uh, you just get some negatives to that. Or another suggestion: keep the current uh, narrative stuff in there, but then combine that with the other rules. So as long as you're your main faction and combine the narrative stuff of these other factions, great, you get the full buff. Now, if you want to mix with other aspects of your Grand Alliance, then you lose that. That would be interesting and keep the narrative focus. It might make the game a little wonky, but that's an idea I have. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. All right. And I mentioned I had a bonus here. Oh, what's your so, bonus? This one's, I'm going to use, or have to give a little context here. So, have you listened to the Honest Wargamer podcast? Uh, honest work. No, I don't. No. Okay. Um, so in the podcast, they've talked about the writers of the battle tomes and they've said like, they kind of classify as two, even though most likely it's three writers of battle tomes, but they basically say there's a sin writer where they make super powerful battle tomes and the bin writer where they make shit battle tomes. Bin writer, probably the person who not only wrote the Sylvanic book, he decided to shit on it a couple times just for fun. Of course. Anyways. Yeah. And Sons of Bayman is an R1. Mm-hmm. But like the sin writer, he's the guy who you know, wrote uh, Slanesh the first time around where it was batshit insane, wrote Seraphon, which they're batshit insane, Zinch, so on. I want them to, this uh, kind of feel bad in a sense, given the world situation, but just going out my thoughts, I want them to fire the bin writer or have him completely retrained by a sin writer. My thoughts are, uh, if the sin writer and his protege, so everyone he's trained, if they all write battle tomes or each of the battle tomes are super unique and super powerful, we get to a new stage of balance in the game because every army has those things that make them super unique and powerful. Mm. But that army also has the things that make it uniquely its own and also really powerful. If all armies are able to be represented that way, we find a new form of balance rather than right now where the super powerful armies have to be nerfed a bit. Yes. So that the 
not so powerful armies even have a chance. And the worst of the worst armies that don't even appear on meta, Nighthawk, Sylvanath, um, yeah. they, uh, even with the nerfs, they don't have a chance. And it, clearly there isn't communication going on with the writers. So either they have to force them to work together, make it so that way they're meeting in the middle of power and everything, or they make it so that one guy is one training all the people and then he kind of oversees the battle tomes so that way they're all crazy powerful and super unique. And exactly, I want yeah. them to be unique because AOS 2, when it began launching books, I felt I felt that they were trying to make the books similar enough so you could, as a player could jump around from army to army and not have to worry too much about learning too, uh, too crazy rules, which I get the idea of trying to make it accessible to players. But in the end, part of picking up an army is learning the things that make it unique. Why is this army cool? And I want that to stay. I want that to be a function. And... You know, Zinch, I love all the little aspects of it. Seraphon, I love their little aspects to it. Um, every army is really powerful. Like, it's powerful, and sure, it sucks when I'm using my Sylvanath against them, but I like that. I want all armies to be that same tier of power because, once again, we reach that new balance of, oh, cool, you have all these unique things? Cool, these are my unique things. So I have to figure out how to counter yeah. your unique things I mean, and counter mine. I mean, the truth of the matter is, like, if you have two things and they're not the same, one is always going to be better than the other. But mm -hmm. it's better if if all armies are at least powerful in the, enough that somebody who doesn't have a, like a lot of skill can pick this army up and do okay with it. Like the, yeah. it's definitely hard if you're, if your army is bad and also that's the army that you like yeah. prize and tau. Yeah. Uh, so they need that one person to oversee things. So essentially my thoughts are your fire had been writer or have the people kind of work under them, sin writer, so to speak. Yeah. And that way he can oversee things, tweak it. So that way in the end, all armies are powerful. All armies are unique and interesting. Yeah. And they each have their own learning curve to figure out. And mm -hmm. that's part of the game. And I love that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that was kind of my bonus, but didn't quite fit into the grand scheme of things. Not necessarily to do with the game. Exactly. I just want mm -hmm part of a change, I guess, to the structure of the company and how they produce the battle tomes. Yeah, okay. No, I agree with that. I don't necessarily agree that I want the guy fired, per se. I said, that's where maybe... the feel bad came in, with especially the world situations. So I'm like, maybe retrain him instead. <laughs> maybe uh, maybe we can get him to be trained by the the the, uh... the sin writer. Sin writer. The simply good book writer. <laughs> yep. All right. Perfect. Well, how about the other thing we were going to do, we were going to take a look at the top nine uh, biggest reveals from warhammer fest uh article. Now hold up wait because there's something wait. else that we we, we have oh, to oh, do oh. sorry sorry uh that i forgot that we to mention but uh god i'm trying to remember is it like realm guesser or whatever where we guess the... oh yeah yeah yeah. realm oh, rumor god. realm rumor like... that was it. it was realm rumor so we've got another realm one to start this you should know what it's called i don't remember shit uh okay so we got another <laughs> realm rumor okay. and it uh do you have the i'll, I'll yep. pop yeah it's so it's the one where it's got a bit of a bear head so we've got yeah 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 we clearly have a bear head here. Now that bear head is definitely like mounted on a shoulder pad. And you can tell because in front, we've got a quiver here with a bunch mm -hmm. of arrows and it's, it's got a bit of a pattern. This is mounted on somebody's shoulder of, of yeah. that. I am certain. I think this is going to be an AOS model purely because uh, they've talked about everything. The realm of beasts as being a big center yes. point of it. And it sounds like there's going to be a lot of be a lot of beast hunter type people. So that, this is giving me beast hunter feels all through and through. Now, I don't think this is going to be one of the new factions. I don't think this is a new no. faction model. Um, I think this is my guess. Um, possibly, and this is a stretch, like possibly more wood elf models. We did get 
like one for like a side game. I think this is going to be like a side game character, like a Warhammer Underworlds or a Warcry model. I don't think this is going into anybody's line. Um, little flourishes like that feel like the sort of side game, like Underworlds or Warcry model. And I think it's going to be a Wood Elf, but that's just me. Yeah, and I was actually leaning towards the Karnathi thing as well. Not just because that was part of my wish list and that, but yeah. it makes me feel like it's some sort of woods hunter person, especially the quiver and all that. Mm-hmm. Maybe this is part of the Karnathi line that I really wish for. Maybe this is Karnath. Maybe. Maybe, but I, I don't I don't think this is mainline. I don't think this this doesn't yeah. feel very like this is gonna go in an army. I feel like this is gonna be its own box set. Fair but, enough. Yeah, uh, no, I get that, that. But that is the realm rumor, and now we have got the top nine things that or is it just the just nine highlights from the warhammer 2021 fest which sure was a thing that happened um so here let's start that off so the first one on the list is the new stormcast people which we know make rice rice sorry (laughs) cry and just absolute like uh what do you mean stormcast i think you mean my new saint celestine model (laughs) (laughs) or uh was it the the new sanguinor model because oh boy but uh, yeah, ooh, ooh, those are some spicy people right there. Yeah, well, she looks glorious, and I love the, like the, the no, I I know I forget what they're called the vindicators. Uh, not sure which one of that one is. Is that the yeah, one on the left the, or the one on the right? The left. Uh, okay, I like the big dude with the big round shield and the hammer. He I looks thought, awesome. I thought that that was a hero. Apparently, he's not. And I sure hope that whatever box Bryce buys with that guy in it, it comes in an odd number so I can buy one off him because <laughs> I would very much like to have just one of him for yeah. my, uh, for my uh, Warcry Warband. He looks like he's going to be a lot of fun to paint. Um, just going back to the guy on the left here. Um, I like the new design. My wife has always called the Stormcast the Golden Fat People. They don't yeah, look so bad skinny. anymore. They're, they're, yeah, they're much more beefier and that. Like, of course, the guy on the right, like he is big beefcake, but man, he man looks on the like right he... got all the thick from the dude on the left. Yeah, exactly. So I kind of like that look with both of them, and I I want this to be kind of the way how the Stormcast line goes from here now, where they don't look so fat and chonky. You know, if they're gonna be bigger, I want them to be beef. You know, yeah. exactly. Not not so thick in the middle, but yeah, I think all three of these look really good. I really like the way they based the um, what's what's her name the, the 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 female stormcast with the wings the the way that she's based is really cool with the big ruins. Yeah, and I like gonna... like heroes getting more of a display like they've been doing recently rather than just um, yeah the sort uh... of nothing or like just sort of flat bases that they tend to come with. I really like giving them these nice dynamic poses on big cool uh, backgrounds and things like yeah. that. I'm here or there for bases. I like it when they have a big thing that they stand on, but the rest of the base can be whatever you want. Like using um, uh, Gaz as an example, he has those um, pieces of metal he stands on, but yeah. then the rest of the base can be whatever you want. I like I, it like I, that, and that's the way how it looks like it's going to be for her as well. Yep. Yeah. All right. So let's move on then. We've talked about our Stormcast, and then we got Kragnos. Kragnos. He's big. He's a big boy. Yeah, he looked like he was just shorter than a Mega Gargan from the video, but it was kind of hard to tell with the angle they had it at. I think he's actually, I think he's a little taller. I think he's oh. taller on his rock. He'd be shorter, not on his rock, but I think he's taller on his rock. But yeah, um, uh, there's a lot to like about the model. Um, there are actually some things I dislike about it, but in general, right. well, here, I'll let you talk about the pros first because you opened it up. Go ahead. 
well, I was going to say pros. So first of all, uh, somebody pointed out that the little lizard on the rock down there was the rumor engine of the lizard on the rock. Um, so clearly, yeah. uh, rumor engines could be fucking anything. Yeah. Um, I think he's he's got a good face sculpt. I really like that. Um, I like his pose. Um, I like the rock. My only complaint is I wanted him to be bigger. He's a little, yeah. he's a little smaller than I would have liked. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure, looking at some of the things on the on his shield there, I think there was a couple other rumor engines. Looking at the way that those things dangle off the shield, I think if we spin it around, that was another rumor engine, but I'm not quite sure. But uh, I like him pretty much just in general. I think he's really cool. Um, so what's your what's your thoughts then? Um, first off, just want to add uh, the Stormcast lady. Her name is Yindresta. Oh, okay, thank you. Yeah, no problem. Uh, so yeah, Kregnos... My big, now this is some of the design things. I don't necessarily get destruction feel for him. He looks like he belongs in Beast of Chaos. He just, the centaur look and everything kind of really throws me off for that some reason. That is true. He does look but, like a piece of chaos. Yeah. So I feel like he was maybe originally designed for that, but then they're like, I eh, can't quite fit this in. And then they're like, hey, let's make him this guy instead. I don't know. I don't know quite the design process. I know they always design the model first and then they figure out what he is lore wise and rule wise after um and like he is cool looking i just i don't know it just doesn't hit me as much as i wanted to per se and i think that's mainly just i feel like he should be in beast of chaos rather than destruction that said i am happy that they have an overlord god unit for the destruction armies that in a sense kind of unites them yeah really i agree cool. with that no 100 uh agreement on on the fact that he does look a little beast of chaos yeah. um but regardless i still think he looks okay i think yeah. he looks really cool that's fair yeah, it, just, it throws me off a bit, and I think that's just what I'm just getting at with that. All right, All right. that brings us up to Lauka Vai, the mother of nightmares. And the, uh, the vampire centaur things in general. So yeah. my opinion is, I think this is a really cool design in a really shitty pose. Mm. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think that they look really cool from a design standpoint, but the way that they've wrapped the model up on itself, it's just bad. The yeah, wings. unfortunately, you lose some of the detail of the model and some of the interest of the mutation. I think if they had outspread the wings mm -hmm. um, instead of this weird curl up on themselves, this could have looked really cool. But I think yeah. because they did this curling in, it, it looks like a big sausage. And I, yeah. I just, it is, a it is a very neat design that is really, really lost in its own sort of weird design choices. It's hiding its own detail. Yes, it is. It absolutely is. Yeah. And I just think that this just needed a better pose. And I mm -hmm. think it could have worked. I don't hate it. No. And I think it'll be cool on the table. I just... Ugh. I'm a little sad about it. I'm looking forward to seeing uh, the rules. I do like... I like the mutating uh, vampire thing. I know that's been a controversial thing in the Age of Sigmar groups, but I like it. One, I've always liked the more interesting thing. And two, in the grand scheme of things, given the fact that GW wants to have unique IPs that they're able to trademark and all that, regular vampires were never going to happen again. They need something different. No, and I, I, that's fine with me too. Like, mm -hmm. I, I like, I don't hate the concept. It's the execution that I think yeah. is, is really... I think if this had been like on its hind legs with its back wings, like with the two winged arms sort of spread out more like Bellacore's wings mm -hmm. and then the centaur part up top, I think that would have looked great. 
Yeah. But it just looks messy. It doesn't look like a pose that anybody could do. Like the no. way the fingers are bending doesn't look natural, but it also doesn't look creepy. It looks like they didn't want the model to go over the edge of the base. Yeah. Like it is a mutant, so you know that's one thing, but in the grand scheme of things, like yeah, I think converters, like people really go crazy with their conversions. I think they're gonna fix it a bit. Um Yeah. Yeah. But so, I think I think it needs some love too. Yeah, I really... think we're in agreement there. All right, this brings us to Morven Val Avras oh, of Saint Sorry? Ten, 10 out of ten. Hundred out of hundred. <laughs> there it is. There 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 it is. That's the best. That's the best thing ever. She's pretty badass looking. Yeah, no, 100%. <laughs> they took the Jolly Jumper design and they made it good. And apparently all you need to do is add some cloth and give it a good pose. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, she looks pretty badass. Like, yeah, I think the Sisters of Battle have unique designs and all that. I think she looks pretty cool. I'll never collect them, but they look cool nonetheless. Yep, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not planning to collect Sisters of Battle, but like, she's very cool. It's a very good pose, very good model. Mm-hmm. Um absolute 10 out of 10 on that one yeah uh then the next one here is the new and mysterious battle box which is going to be gray knights versus uh thousand suns neat not so, super interested on uh, any no. of those armies but you know, like, hey who knows it might have to do with our last round rumor where we thought there's definitely something zinchian about it so uh but you know what i bet uh, you know what i bet you i bet you right now because I said, I said, that, that looks like Thousand Suns to me, as I says. But, and if we're getting a new Thousand Sun battle box, there should be at least one new model in there. So, 100%. So, um, then the next one, God's Ghost for the, I don't know, I don't know 40K that much. Look at, these, look at these dumb action hero boys. Like, they're just like, all right, so how do we make the, the, the Astro Militarum cool? Yeah, just turn them all into 80s movie superheroes, like Rambo. It's funny that you say that, because I just watched Predator a couple days ago, and just it gives me that type of vibe. So it's type oh, of, yeah. you know, roid ragey type male Kata, heroes. The Katachan jungle fighters. None of the, I don't think these guys are Katachans. I don't know. But, um, yeah, just they're just movie heroes at this point. Yeah, which, honestly, is kind of cool. So, but, uh, Absolutely fantastic. Uh, the next one, which I am particularly excited about, the Beast Nas. Yeah, there we go. Orcs getting some stuff. Hell yeah. These guys look great. Oh my yeah. god. I, like, I love the whole squiggy vibe. Some people really hate it, but whatever. I, I love it. I love the squig pigs. Um, I think that's all really cool. I think the Beast Naga boys, whatever they're called in the end, I think they're really cool. The guy, the crazy hair, the hero whose name I'm forgetting. In fact, he looks like he's on like meth like crazy. He looks awesome. Oh yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm just trying to count how many new sculpts there are on this box. So on the picture, there's definitely a few re- like models that have been recycled, but just repainted to look different. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, 100%. Think, it looks like there. You know what it is? It's going to be ten. I bet you. There's if I count these out, there's going to be ten models. Um, I think I'm in agreement. Yeah, I think it's I think it's ten ten new sculpts for the boys there. But then mixed up with different armor pieces and weapons. Yeah, but genuinely fantastic i like that the orcs are getting new models and i bet you this this box is going to sell out immediately oh i I, like i've already messaged our local friendly game store hopefully i can get it because new uh codex plus the models i i just i love squigs i think squigs are fantastic and i want more squigs i get a very much um, was it the uh 
Horizon Zero Dawn vibes from these paint jobs. 100%, which I love. I think it's fantastic. Yeah, I think these are great. And I wonder I wonder if this is, is a, a hint of stuff to come. I wonder yeah. if we're going to be seeing more orcs or if the they... orcs are getting to be snaggas and we're just sort of done for a bit. Well, there's also uh, Orc War Boss that they showed off, and they specifically said the Beast Naga line is like everything they showed, including the War Boss, is only half of everything we're getting. Oh, so shit. So it is signs of stuff to come. All right. Yeah. Which it New seems to be how they're doing model, maybe. Releases. I could they're... add it to my collection. Yeah. It seems to be how they're doing the releases now. They're trying to stagger it a bit. I hope they don't do what they did to Lumith, where they released two different battle tones. Don't do that. But stagger releases, that's okay with me. Because, yep. you know, it gives me time to build and paint these models. And then, yay, I have more new orc stuff. Do that. I like that. See, my fear is I have a very specific orc army, and it was the two Stompas. But they keep putting out more orc stuff, and I'm like, I have an orc army. I should buy it. No, Greg. You have two Stompas. That's your army. Don't buy more orc. <laughs> yeah. And then the final final thing, it's crab. It doesn't <laughs> even matter. Everything oh. else is garbage. Absolute ass. Throw it away. It's crab time, everybody. Yeah, this is Elethane Soul Raid, which they look cool. Um, yeah, like they're. I think the Ideneth have a really cool, unique look to them of the crab. Now, I have openly said, if for third edition of the next battle tone they make, if they make like a unit of like ten crabs that are battle line option, done. I want that unit you know, of crabs. I will, be I will be selling all of my armies to build the crabs. I, will, <laughs> I, I, I do not like hoard armies, but I will hoard for crab. Um, it would be a really cool horde aspect to the army because right now the biggest thing you see is eels on the battle ta table like crazy. Whatever, fuck that. Um, if they did the crabs as a unique battle line option where people are able to take a whole bunch of crabs and that'd be like a horde aspect because most armies seem to be trying to do a way of either playing hordy, playing elite, whatever. If that's what they do for doing a horde option, just a whole bunch of sea creatures, done. I love it. Yep. <laughs> uh, all yeah. right. And then, yeah, the last thing is a Siege Terra book, which I don't read it. I don't really care about it. If it was an AOS book, I'd be excited. But no. With the AOS books, they have announced that Gitslayer is finally releasing, which I'm so excited to read the next Gotrek book, because Gotrek is badass, and I can't wait to start covering him on this show. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm excited for the Siege of Terra book, because I like the, the Horus Heresy. I love 40k lore, so I'm excited about this. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah. So, yeah. The I overall... Guess... Oh, no, I was gonna, I was gonna say, I think the overall future for the Warhammer for the next couple of years, both in AOS and 40k, are looking up. Ninth edition, they did a lot of things right. Um, like, sure, not everything is perfect. Not nothing will ever be perfect, but I do like that they're going the right direction. I hope with AOS three, they do the same thing. From what they have said, from the potentially leaked uh, rule aspects, it sounds like everything's moving in the right direction, and I want that to happen. Because in the end, I want the game to be good for those who are super competitive. I want the game to be good for people like me who love our narrative play. And I want exactly. things to be balanced. I want to be able to face someone who hasn't played too often, but still have a good game and not just stomp them because, like, sure, I will more likely win because I have a better strategy, but I want them to have an opportunity to get into the game. And I think having another thing I really like about Ninth Edition is the way how they presented the rules. Like, they have the big, you know, areas, but then they have the bullet points under I want them to do that with the AOS 3.0 rules because it helps simplify things. Yes. Or you check the full thing, great. But generally, just as a quick reminder, you read the bullet points, done. Mm -hmm. Exactly. That's, I, I want that to happen because it makes the game more accessible, makes it easier to learn, and it makes a person who is new and kind of scared of all the rules, I can be like, yeah, here, just take a look at the bullet points. Anything else, I'll explain to you. I want that mm -hmm. to happen. So I'm looking forward to what we bring. 
And I kind of, the very last thing I want to say is say on the Age of Sigmar website, they have a timer on it. And like we're 16 days away from whatever it is. I, I think it's going to be them revealing the, what the next uh, battle box, like starter box is. Yeah. I but think it so could too. also be them releasing the rules online. Which, no, no, it's not going to be the releasing the rules online. It's going to be the battle box. Yeah. They always seem to release rules online like a month early. They did that with 2.0. They've done that with 9. So I want them to do the same thing because it could be able to read them beforehand and learn how to play it. Mm-hmm. I want them to do yeah. that. I just don't think it would be at the end of that timer. I think it'd be June. I think uh, I think once Knights comes out, we're gonna or the 3.0 comes out, we'll have to do a game and like talk about our experience about playing the game and see like do do an episode dedicated just to talking about our first experience. Yeah, well, it almost be like, hey, we play a game of 2.0 and then we play a game of uh, 3.0 and discuss what we liked and everything from it. Yeah, I think so. That'd be interesting. Yeah, and I think uh, I think that is something that we will come back to when that all comes out. Perfect. Well, Greg, this is a lot of fun. Uh, mm-hmm. Thanks for humoring me with this, and we didn't debate as much as I thought we would, which is good. I mean, you know, we I put, we, the one thing that we would have stood here and debated for, for fucking like five hours, uh, I was told, "Fuck you, Greg. We're we're keeping the the dice rolling in." So <laughs> the double turn is dang. Now I just I hope for people who dislike it, they have done enough to change their opinion. Nope, but that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> We'll see. I was listening to the Honest Wargamer, and it's funny because the Honest Wargamer, like the host of it, Rob, sounds like a great guy in every way, but he flat out says the double turn rule is one of the best rules of Age Sigmar. He thinks it's because people don't like it because they don't want to have to spend time learning how to work around it. They just want everything to be switched around because it's easier to learn that way. He flat out says he finds the best reason for it. It, or like he thinks it's the best thing because it makes the games interesting and dynamic and you never know what's going to happen, which is the exact reasons why I love it. <laughs> I'm st- I have opinions and I don't want to sit here for an hour and debate that. So we'll leave it on a positive note. Um, well, we'll close out the show now while Greg and I start yelling at each other. <laughs> fine. Uh, All right. Uh, well, do you want to do the outro? Who's doing I'll, the outro? I'll do the outro. Because We're never allowed I like to leave. We're here forever now. <laughs> all right well thank you everyone by listening to us you become realm walkers too follow us on facebook and share our show with your friends family and more because that's the best way for a podcast to spread we want to continue engaging new uh, listeners teach them about the wonderful lore of age of sigmar and have fun little episodes like this where us just debate with each other about things we like <laughs> mm-hmm. um so follow us on facebook on realm walkers aos you can also email us at realm aos at gmail.com we want to hear your thoughts, criticisms, things you like, things you think we need to do better because in the grand scheme of things, we just want to become a better and better show. The only way we can do that is by listening to you. So I hope you enjoyed this kind of more raw and uncut uh, show and we look forward to catching with you next time. You have a wonderful day, everyone. Boy. Bye.